For grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in uh, Christ, we learned once uh, again last week, we reviewed that, yes, we live in a sinful world. And maybe it doesn't take much to, to remind people of that, but certainly in the United States where we enjoy so many blessings, it's probably easy for us to go through a, a day, a, a week, even a month without having anything really that bad happening in our lives. But, of course, as we look around the world, as we, we look at, at news reports, you know, we take our head out of the sand. Yes, we see, in fact, that terrible things are happening each and every day. It's probably just that we choose to ignore those things, perhaps. But in, in the, the midst of that, in, in the midst of, of that kind of a, a revelation, you know, thinking about it once again, that children are, are starving every day, that you know, there are people without Christ in their lives every day, that there are, are tribes that you know, treat one another terribly and, and even capture uh, other citizens and, and torture them to death. Even though living in the midst of a world like that, we have the promise of God's word, don't we? You think about when the, the ancient theologians of old were, were captured and, and they were tortured. We often read in their biographies that they would die singing praises to God. That comes directly from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, doesn't it? When Jesus was about to be tortured, when he was about to be nailed to the cross, he looked at the people about to perform these atrocities on his holy body, and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, you, you and I maybe can, can you know, try to, to come to some conclusion. Well, you know, if, if I'm a, a Christian, somehow everything is going to be okay. But yet Jesus said, you know what? If they're going to do these kinds of things to me, they're going to do them to you too. And so as we read through the, the lives of every single disciple, we find that they too encounter great hardship that they too were often martyred, that they were put to, to death by the sword. The apostle Peter, we're told, um, you know, speaking to his executioners and, and saying, I'm not worthy to die in the same way my savior did. They said, well, we can fix that. And they crucified Peter upside down instead. You see, we run into this world and we run into the, the people of this world and their hearts are hard. And they're able to, to come up with many and new ways to, to torture others, to, to do terrible things to one another. 
And those who ask for, for peace or, or say, please stop, please don't, they say, well, you know, we can make accommodations for that and they come up with something worse, don't they? And in the, the midst of that, Jesus comes to us and, and he says, you know, I want to tell you, this world, it's not your home. He then tells us, I have a place in the heavens prepared for you. A place where there will be no suffering. A place where there's not going to be any pain. A, a place where I will always be there to comfort you. A place where I myself will wipe every tear from your eye. Now, sometimes, uh, again, we, we, we think of heaven, and heaven is you know, going to be such a perfect place, it's going to be so wonderful, and you ask the, the question, well, uh, when am I ever going to have a tear in my eye when, when I'm in heaven? And dear friends, the, the problem becomes we're going to have tears in our eyes because we too have loved ones that aren't going to make it there. It's always tempting for us as Christians just kind of throw our hands in the air and say, oh, hey, you know, if God really wants that person to be saved, they'll be saved and I don't really have to worry about it and everything's going to be okay. But no, the Bible, you know, tells us very plainly, if you don't have Christ, you're not going to make it into heaven. If you're just trying to get into heaven under your own works, you know, by your own power, you're not going to be able to make it there. The only way that you can enter through those pearly gates is if you have the pass from Jesus the Christ. The only way you can survive judgment is if in the judgment chamber, God looks over at Jesus and Jesus says, hey, I know that one. See, I know that one. That one was brought in to be baptized. He's eight years, eight days old, eight years old, 18 years old, 88 years old. You know, I know that one. That one stood up on confirmation and, and said that he, she would rather face death than to forsake the teachings that they had received. Now, perhaps many of us, we, we don't really remember confirmation that well, right? You, you know, you, you, you were under stress and, and there was some pressure and, and you know, you just kind of stood up there and, and you said what the pastor told you to say. But if you come to confirmation services since that time, we, we have some, you know, pretty heavy things of people, don't we? That you would rather face death than to forsake the teaching that has been handed down to you. That's what we ask. And of course, everybody on confirmation says, oh, I, I do, amen, right? Maybe not even thinking about what that means at the end of their lives, what that means during the course as they're living. But we ask that. Because Jesus Christ is the only way. And he, he doesn't just kind of make the, the down payment. He can't just say, well, I have Jesus 
two. You know, oftentimes young people go away to college and, you know, they're, they're going to take some courses about, you know, different religions. And, and you know, sometimes yes, they, they can start to become confused, right? Because there's a, a teacher, a professor that I, I, I kind of like and, and respect, and he's telling me how wonderful Buddhism is, you know. And in our day and age, some parts of the United States, you know, there's maybe somebody there telling you how great the Muslim religion is. Right, because we've got to have equal time. Yeah. How how great you know the, these other forms are, and and wow, and I you know begin to study that, and oh you know that that Buddha guy you know he meditated under a tree for years and years, and, and so that he could come to you know enlightenment, and maybe maybe if I'm a, a, a Buddhist Muslim Christian, then I got all the bases covered. And I can get there with some hard work, too. And guess what? The Bible comes and it tells us none of that other stuff matters. The only thing that's going to count on that last day is that Jesus recognizes you. And, and, and guess what? Jesus said, if, if you deny me in this life, I'm going to deny you before my Father in heaven. And so we're running around going, oh, you know, Buddha is really great, and that uh, something to that Muslim religion, but those Christians, they just are out there lost, looking for themselves. Then guess what? When I get to the pearly gates, Jesus is going to say, well, I, I, I maybe used to know that one, but he, he or she, they, they denied me, Father. Now, you just kind of think about from, from God's perspective, okay. Here's God. He sends his one and only son into this world to die a, a horrible, terrible death upon a cross, to be tortured, to be crucified, so that you and I can be saved, so we can make it to heaven one day. Then we walk around and say, oh, that Christian stuff. Not much to that. Right, and, and so you just uh, imagine, man, if you are, are, are parents here, right, you, you, you send your son or daughter into to terrible danger, right, you some kind of a, a suicide mission even, you, you know that they're going to go, you know what the outcome is going to be, but, but there's that huge payoff that your son or daughter is going to be able to save hundreds, thousands of, of people, millions of people. Right, my, my son or, or daughter going on this mission will save millions. And so you do it. Because of the millions of lives that will be saved. And now you're, you're walking around town, somebody spits on you, somebody ridicules you. Somebody comes up with fake news, oh, it didn't really happen that way. Oh, you're just trying to be a big shot. Oh, your son or daughter didn't really do anything. Are you would be angry, wouldn't you? My son or daughter saved your life. The only reason you exist today is because of what they did. What do you mean you don't believe in them? 
What do you, what do you mean you're, you're disrespecting the sacrifice that they made? What, what are you talking about? See? And, and that's exactly what the Bible tells us. If you reject Christ, the wrath of God abides upon you. See, the wrath. If you reject the Son, it means God is really, really angry at you. And, and wrath is a great word, isn't it? Because it's even better than really, really angry. The wrath of God. We're looking for that better place. And Jesus says, guess what? You, you, you don't have to you know, make up the, the, the 50% because I only made a down payment. You know, as great as even that would be, right? You know, if the Bible told us, hey, you know, Jesus made, you know, 50% down payment. All you've got to do is make match that other part and you can get into heaven. And we say, wow, he paid half, that's awesome, you know? But no, the Bible says he paid 100%. It says there was nothing that we could do. There's no law that we could keep. There's no amount of effort we could put in. But rather, Jesus paid the whole price. That's how much God loves you. He loves you so much he paid for it all. No matter what sins we've had in the past, no matter what kind of things we did when we were 18, no matter uh, that we even robbed banks or committed uh, atrocious crimes, Jesus said, you can come home again. Just forsake your sin. <laughs> Fall on your knees. <clears throat> Repent. Ask my forgiveness. I'll get you there. I'll bring you home. The door's going to be open. And dear friends, that should amaze us, shouldn't it? And that very promise is then what gives us the power to be able to live our lives, doesn't it? Because we become different inside. We become different from the world. There's a kind of softening in our heart that takes place. God desires that we would be able to forgive other people. And when we began to contemplate everything that we have done and how God has forgiven us, it becomes a little bit easier, doesn't it? To forgive others. But you see, God knows our, our deepest heart, doesn't he? God knows all of our secrets. He was there every moment of our lives. He knows when, when you did that very worst thing that you did in your life, in your heart, and he forgave you. And so then that other person comes and they, they mock you and they ridicule you and they run you down and you then can forgive them, can't you? Because God forgave you first. And yet, it, in this world, you will have trouble, God says. If they treated Jesus in a terrible way, they're probably going to treat you in a terrible way. 
If the disciples ended, you know, badly, being tortured and, and murdered and, and, and burned, you know, you can expect that in this world, other people are going to see you as a Christian. They're going to try to do the same kinds of things to you. You know what the, the worst part maybe is? God comes out and, and, and he says, you know what? When they're doing those kinds of worst things to you, be happy. Because they did the very same things to those who came before you. God comes and says, you know, when, when these kinds of, of terrible things are happening in your life, when these kinds of satanic forces are uh, opposing you, you, you should just kind of smile into the storm and, and, and say, I've made it. I really am a Christian. I'm experiencing persecution and yeah. That's probably one of the, the hardest things to teach from the Bible, though, isn't it? Because you, you and I have been there. We've been in the, 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 the midst of the, the, you know, the heat of the furnace. I had people you know, mocking us, ridiculing us, uh, saying all kinds of bad things about us at, at times. And I, I have to admit, I, it, it, it doesn't happen for me personally. I've never gone, yes. Bring on more persecution. Oh, this is awesome. Bring them, bring more. Maybe, maybe you, you got to, to that point, you know, and, and maybe after the service you can come and tell me how, you know, in the, the midst of persecution you've been doing the, the fist pump and, and all of that, and I'd be glad to hear about it, but, you know, to, to be honest, it, it doesn't happen for me. I, I don't imagine it happens a, a lot for many of you. Right? Instead, you know, we feel bad, don't we? And then we say, why is this happening? And we feel kind of yucky inside. And say, oh man, I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I did something wrong. You know, maybe I need to change direction. I, I don't know. Right? That, that's typically, you know, where we're at. But God says, you know, when these kinds of bad things are happening, you know, be happy, be glad, because the same things happen to those who came before you. Same things happen to the apostles. The same thing happened to Jesus the Christ. Right? It kind of puts a, a new perspective on it, doesn't it? But yet Jesus says as well, I'm going to be there with you through those times. You see, wouldn't it be wonderful if we just read through the Bible and the, the Bible said, hey, you know, if you just got right with God, it's going to be a walk in the park. If you just were doing everything right, your life is just going to be smooth sailing. And then we could just say, wow, all I got to do is, you know, start doing things right. And then I just kind of get my my act together and I get, you know, my, my cards on the table in the right order and everything is going to come out good. But, you know, God didn't say that, but rather he said, I will be with you in the storm. 
I'll be holding your hand when you're going through those bad times. I'll be supporting you when you feel like you can't go on. I'll be the one that, that holds you up even more so that you know this certain event can't just run over you. In your weakest times, I'll bring extra support. In your darkest hour, I'm going to be the, the little light that still guides you. I'm going to be there. And dear friends, that is the promise. In our day and age, you know, the, the promise it seems to have been corrupted somewhat. Right? We, we hear theologians on the TV and the radio that just say, hey, if you just would kind of get right with God, I'm sure everything will be perfect. But that's not what God said. God said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But guess what? I have overcome the world. In this world, you're, you're going to have hardship. But guess what? There's a better place waiting for you. In this world, you're going to have aggravation. You're going to have all kinds of false witnesses rise up against you because of your faith in Christ. But guess what? I'm going to support you through those times. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be with you. And we think about some of our you know, leaders in the Reformation, those who, who came before Martin Luther, once again, many of them you know, harshly condemned, many of them you know, sent to be burned at the stake. And read their, their biographies, and it, it does seem so amazing that those individuals were able to sing hymns as their flesh was being burned as their lives were being taken. Where does that come from? It comes from the power of God, doesn't it? God himself giving them finishing grace so that they could continue to be witnesses in the midst of torture and terrible pain. That as their very bodies were devoured by the flames, that they still could sing hymns of praise. Dear friends, that is the God that we serve. He's made a place in the heavens for us. He promised that he's going to bring us home to himself. He tells us the truth. In the world, you're going to have trouble. He told us the truth today. If you're a friend of the world, you're not my friend. He tells it like it is. That in this world, there's going to be hardship. And in this world, there's going to be pain. And there's going to be struggle. But he is going to be there. He's going to hold your hand. He's going to support you through the hard times. He's going to take you through the gates of paradise, even with a song in your heart. And he loves you so much. I know I've reminded you often about the words bring comfort to so many. God desires for everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of him. The door is open for everyone. All it takes is knowing Jesus the Christ. Amen.
And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.